helping entrepreneurial men master their energy. And then question is, well, what is energy? Because everyone has different ideas of what energy is. Is it, you know, solar panels or am I helping men, you know, uh, go and build solar panels or am I helping them, you know, align their chakras? It's it's none of those. It's how we show up. In this case, how I show up in front of you, Chris. So I boil it down to four main pillars. Your physiology, body, your psychology, your mind, your clarity. So your goals that you have on your life, the direction you're going, but then also who you need to become to go and step into those goals and achieve those goals. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really excited to be bringing you a young entrepreneur, Cam Russell. Cam Russell had a successful career at Student Works and went out and uh, has a really interesting backstory about the type of people he worked with before he started his business, the type of things that he took away and he learned. But really, Cam is about making the difference in men's lives, about having a really, really energetic, expansive, you know, uh, future. And uh, he's got a whole number of uh, our alumni and senior leaders in the business in his program, and it's really, really making a difference for them. I know you're going to love this podcast. Um, Get your pen and paper out or something to take notes at because good chance you're going to go and say, wow, I should try that. You know, Cam has really, really learned a lot, really, really steeped in you know, self-development wisdom. And uh, so I, I took some great takeaways uh, from this podcast. And you know why we do this podcast? So that we can um, get attract other amazing people like him to our program. We are just underway. We've, we've recruited more veterans back to our program this past year. We have all sorts of internal people and referrals coming to our program right now. We're about to jump onto campus. So if you know any amazing students who are looking for leadership opportunities and to be really a, a powerful leaders in the future, please reach out to me, cthompson at studentworks.com. Go and apply on our website at studentworks.com, or you could share this podcast with them. Thanks so much and have an amazing day. Cam, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. So happy to have you. Chris, really looking forward to this conversation for many reasons, and uh, yeah. I look forward to seeing what, what comes of it. Yeah, you betcha. You betcha. So, so why don't we start? So before you joined the program, you know, who was Cam Russell? Um, many, many hats, you know, we were just laughing about this, that, uh, I was doing this too and that, and, and there was so many pieces of me, pieces of my identity that was coming and going in the early stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the earliest spark of entrepreneurship yeah. probably started when I was in grade seven and eight. And I, I, uh, saw another guy selling hats that he found on a online, you know, Chinese wholesaler. Yeah. And I started to do that. And then it flipped into buying and selling clothing from winners and garage sales and, you know, whatever. And then many iterations. And I kept stumbling around making, finding, you know, business successes, business failures for the most part (laughs) at that point (laughs) Uh, until I kind of stumbled across this guy, Luke Fenn. Yes, Luke. And uh, and so I'm like, this guy seems to be doing something right, you know, running a painting business with all these other guys. Like, and I remember bumping into him at a, a, out of all places to talk about business, we bumped into each other at a, a nightclub. 
Yes. And well, no surprise with Luke. So no surprise. <laughs> and, and I'm like, this is my opportunity. I kind of knew Luke in the Peterborough yep. area. I'm like, Hey man, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to work with you. Like, right. I want to do, I want to help you. I want to yeah. whatever. And he's like, Oh man, I'm headed out of Peterborough. I'm going to London. Like maybe yeah. you could run your own business. I was like, yeah. you know, I'll start in the middle of a club, you know, a yeah. couple of drinks there, the influence. And it was like, you know, and the next thing you know, I was because I was in college, so yeah. I didn't actually, I wouldn't have actually got the the clipboard. Yes, passed through, and so I, I think there was a a moment there. You know, the the yeah. stars aligned, and it just happened to work out, and the rest is history. Yeah, no, well, I, I was I was saying, uh, you know, I I remember you, you know, had a, had a great great experience, did really really well, top performer in 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 the business, and. um you know, what do you still rely on from, you know, operating and as an operator camp? As in the skills that I I built? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few things. I mean, the sales for sure. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't really get what sales was until I joined StudentWorks. Right. And then more importantly, that confidence that it gave me to go show up in front of someone and direct them through a conversation that, you know, had an outcome that I wanted to have happen. Yeah, that was insane. Like that, that opportunity to go and knock doors, given a framework and kind of a boost of confidence from the DMs and yourself on how to go and do that. Yeah, that's led me to so many opportunities because my whole career and even I think for the rest of my life will be in some shape or form sales. Like yeah. sales is communication, communication is sales. And so if you want to be a leader, yeah. if you want to be, you know, any kind of success in the sales world, you got to know communication. And that was one of the biggest pieces was sales and communication, communication with the client, communication with uh, leads, your team members, other members inside of the program. Uh, And so that was easily number one, because then that led me down my path of where I went next, which was a a role at West, et cetera. But that was for sure. Number one, if I had to throw an unconventional one, it would, it would have been networking, which only picked up and we'll probably get around to this since coming, tapping into the alumni network of student works. It's like, Hey, oh my God, I have this, you know, alumni network of thousands of entrepreneurs that I can tap into. And uh, that's in a way a skill, networking, nurturing, you know, building those uh, relationship building in and of itself. Uh, But those two have easily been the most important pieces that are, 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 quite frankly, the foundation of who I am today is is sales and networking. Yeah, no, and it's, it it really is fascinating. I think, I think a lot of people don't understand they they see they see sales as sort of selling them or not understanding no that the the most successful people mm-hmm. in the world are incredibly uh effective in sales and 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 mm-hmm. but they use different terms you know mm-hmm. they use influence they they um enrollment they use different terms 100%. to sort of you know catch people cuz and again i think one of the problems is uh there's lots of bad salespeople who are very apparent, you know, working maybe, and again, no shame. I like Best Buy, but you know, like at Best Buy or different <laughs> different shops or something. Oh, yeah. there's a sales rep. Well, hold on. No, they're just a junior sales rep. And sure. that, no, the real the real sales reps are, are the real incredibly uh, effective sales salespeople are those people who really can again influence people, not just sell mm-hmm. a program, but mm-hmm. really influence people. Hundred percent, and I'll go one step further. The big shift for me in sales, I can't say it happened in StudentWorks per se, but along my journey, yeah, and it's definitely showed up now that I'm offering, you know, something of my that I've built from the ground up, and I fully believe in because that's one of the biggest pieces. You got to you got to fully buy into whatever you're selling. 
Absolutely. But the, the biggest shift that allowed me to believe is knowing I'm serving. Yeah. I, and I have a housemate and, and he's literally, as we're on this podcast, he's taking a sales call. And I always talk to him like, it sounds like you're coming from a place of sales and looking for the commission check yes. yeah. versus actually trying to genuinely help and serve that individual. Yeah. And when you make that shift in your mind and you're fully convinced that I'm serving this individual by influencing their behavior to yeah. take action on this product, service, whatever, that's where things become powerful because not only do the words change, yeah. but the fluidity of how you're going about it change, but then the energy, that tone, that the, the thing, the infeelable, the, 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 when you're sitting in front of a prospect, they don't know why they like you, yes. but they like you. That's where that comes from is that place of service versus just selling. And that's yeah. been the biggest shift for me yeah. when it comes to sales. And I encourage everyone listening to ask themselves, are they selling or are they serving? Yeah. I love that. Uh, one of the things that we have, uh, you know, is kind of a, a philosophy or a space. We, we like to be our operator's biggest fan, mm. you know, like we're mm. their biggest fan. And so when you're their biggest fan, they, you know, and again, not to say that every one of our operators coaches can get into that space. Obviously that's what we want them to get into and no, sure. no matter where they are, but when you are there, it's like literally you're 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 right someone's just feeling well it's kind of like the small dog little dog you know the you know mm -hmm. the old cartoon and oh, yeah. oh hey fred hey fred or whoever he was <laughs> you know oh i love you so much and then it's like well you know this 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 person just loves me so i must be good right and yeah. it's just <laughs> it's just a total different connection because you're their biggest fan so yeah 100%. i just i just love that space 100% and that's the whole like transference of energy thing right like yes if yeah. we get them fired up they're going to be fired up to go get other people fired up <laughs> absolutely absolutely so tell me about like you know I know you had some other you know sort of other summer opportunities but why don't we move into sort of full-time opportunities moving mm -hmm. moving out of college moving post student works what sort of things did you do and and uh, we can talk through that yeah you know funny enough like after student works, I ended up, you know, jumping into this other door-to-door uh, -door sales role that then quickly led me to uh, out west. So I was yeah. out west at the time, and you know, I was trying to build my network, right, yeah. using my sales skills. Yeah. And uh, in doing so, I found another sales guy that was at the startup that was called mm -hmm. TrueFan at the right. time. And I'm like, oh, this guy seems cool. The CEO, Swish, very reputable guy, good personal brand, young dude, seemed eager. I just wanted to have coffee with the head of sales of this startup. It seemed exciting sure. and wanted to build my network. And then, you know, didn't think much of it besides we had a good time and we connected a few other times, but they ended up moving back to Toronto and I was still in Vancouver. And then, you know, while I was back home for the holidays, Scott was his name of the head of sales yeah. of TrueFan ended up reaching out to me. He's like, Hey man, like, I, I, I don't know if you're back in Vancouver, back in Toronto, but if you're available, let's go grab a beer in Toronto. Yeah. I might have something for you. Right. Next thing you know, I get pitched to become the first employee at TrueFan as their BDR because of my sales skills while I was working beside him that day, that very first day we met. I was yeah. taking some calls. And he's like, oh, man, this guy knows how to talk. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, next, so, so that jumped me into my first real role in a business that was, mm -hmm. you know, had some potential in it. TrueFan's gone on to turn into a company called Surf, and they've done phenomenal things. But in doing that, that just opened my eyes into the world of digital marketing, the real world of, you know, that was tech sales, that software. Yeah. I tapped into a huge entrepreneurial network outside of student works down in downtown Toronto. And so many things happened there for me, not only from who I am and, and how I changed as an individual, as a man, yeah. um, 
but my sales skills and then paired with marketing skills really went up a notch. So that was my first role. Uh, and then that kind of really boosted my confidence to go from that into helping. Uh, well, in between then, which is an important piece of the story, I started this little uh, e-commerce startup called Above Club, trying okay. to sell red light therapy units. Didn't quite go as well. You know, we chalked that up to a, a learning lesson. Learning experience. Sure. That's right. But but important piece, which I'll come back to on that. In doing so, I, I uh, built relationships with two individuals from out West that had this phenomenal video production agency. And then I ended up taking over the sales for that. And uh, I helped grow that that from about 100,000 in revenue to about 1.1 million in about 12 months. Wow. And so that was a phenomenal opportunity because the thing that led me to was I was kind of selling higher ticket items in the tech startup. But it wasn't anything like the video production. The video production, I was selling anything between $10,000 to $100,000 deals in uh, with big brands, mm-hmm. uh, realtors, lawyers, accountants, you know, just small businesses. And so that really gave me that next level that I needed for my sales skills to start selling some serious ticket items to then take me to wherever I wanted to go. But that was up until the point that we came to a crossroads. It didn't make sense for me to stay with the company. And Every time I made the the jump after student works, you know, it's funny because I saw a lot of the guys in student works staying, you know, Luke, Revan, some of the guys that I really respected and and made friends with there. I'm just like, they're just sticking with something, you know? And I'm like, every time I made the jump and I I saw all those friends that I made on the past thing, staying with something, like, I really want to find this thing that whatever I do, I need to stay there long-term. And after I came to the fork in the road with your story agency, the video production, company. I'm like, okay, if I'm not staying with, if I can't see myself staying with this company for the next 20 years, whatever this next thing is, it needs to be the thing I'm at least willing to stick with for five, 10, ideally for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and that's how I ended up transitioning to, into above men. Well, um, a whole bunch there. So one of the things is I know, uh, I don't think I, I don't think I've told this story before, but um, I, I get I get taken on a quote unquote Mexico trip uh, okay. for the people who buy the most paint in Canada every year, go to different right. places, and one of the guys uh, leads, I, and I, I won't say who he is because uh, you know, but w- one of Canada's largest real estate investment trusts, sure. and he was a couple years younger than me, or is a couple years younger than me. So when I went to high school. I was older. And whenever you are a little older, and especially they know you, it's like, oh, looking up to him. <laughs> but so, 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 because by the way, he's been so much more successful than me uh, financially, I'm sure, given, given what, what he does. But, sure. but I remember us having a conversation and he said, one of the biggest things he's seen about successful people is they pick a lane and they stay in it. Right. So, so I just now, you know, like it's just not so simple because you went to true fan. Well, hold on. I should have stayed in that. No, sometimes yeah. it makes sense to move and then it makes yeah. sense to move. But really having that, you know, there's something about this that I can just, again, give my life away to. And yeah. then, of course, take back, you know, get win from that. But mm-hmm. is so, so important. But, you know, a, a couple of things like what what sort of things did you learn in these different roles and true fan being, you know, learning about head of growth, what sort of takeaways did you have, Cam? Oh, so many, you know, uh, amongst from the leadership roles to again, the sales to the marketing, like I said, that's where that skill set of marketing really came in. It's one right. thing to have a lead in front of you, 
right? And now we're not knocking on doors like we would with residential services. So it's like yeah. all these businesses out in North America, how can we go knock on their doors virtually? Well, that's yeah. marketing, right? Yes. So I had to I had to really figure out with them because I was their their first, not only first hire, they had no sales systems in place. And they're like, uh-huh. hey, we kind of got to figure this out on your own, which yes. is a blessing in disguise. And my take on, on this was any company I worked for, I always saw myself as my own business servicing them. Love it. And so I always took that ownership mentality of like, okay, if I don't have the tools, I need to build the tools so I can use the tools that I need to go and be successful in my role. And so I was like, what tools do I need? That's where yeah. the obvious question marketing came in. We need to bring someone into the company. We need to nurture them. We need to get them to understand who true fan is. And then we need to get them on a sales call with myself or Scott and actually close them. Yeah. And so the, the marketing role is so important because in the, especially in today's world, in such a noisy world, how can your message stand out for the right individual yeah. and actually bring them into your world and get them to see why your solution is, you know, the, the far superior one in whatever domain that it is. Yeah. So just getting that underlying principle was super important. And then the, the fundamental skills, you know, funny enough, it, it's weird. I built so many little skills that I didn't think I'd use long-term that I've continued to use. Like for example, figuring out how to build a website, you know, yeah. it's just like, I'm not a, website builder or coder by any means, but you know, I just keep coming back to these things. And, and the interesting piece of that is it shows you problem solving skills that then yeah. can repeat across the board. And so in and of itself, just going and solving is one of those skill sets, regardless yes. of what you're doing, yeah. is important. Yeah. And I actually got into this uh kind of methodology called like systems thinking. Okay. And coding and engineering, they do a lot of systems thinking, like how do you structure something? And I just kind of got slapped in the face with it when you go to build a website, because it's like there's a hierarchy of, you know, frameworks that you need to put in place when you're building it. But then I took that. And now when I'm building above men now and building a bunch of content, well, you know, all the training stuff. It's like, yes, there's some sort of systems thinking that's going on there. And so if I were to look at TrueFan, I really left with a lot of those fundamental skills that allowed me, like even I'll give you another example on the leadership side, how to run and conduct meetings. Yeah. Like. It's a simple thing that just is overlooked. But then when, you, when you're in the position of having to run a meeting, it's like, oh, there's actually some fundamentals here that you have to know yes. to conduct a, an effective meeting. <laughs> yes. So uh, there was a lot of things that I got to see because I was the first employee. I got to watch the four founders kind of scramble and figure it out. And I was like, okay, you know, this is interesting. What, 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 are, they, what are they messing up on? What are they doing well? You know, what yeah. is the outside world like? giving them plot on, you know, what are they getting kind of uh, criticized on? And I got to see a lot of that. And I, I, the way I saw it was risk-taking without the risk <laughs> because yes. I was so close to the fire. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of really good fundamental things that, again, seemingly are overlooked yeah. because it's just like when you see someone with them, you, it's just like, oh, they, they got it, right? Yeah. But then when you go to try to like implement some of those things, it's, it's not really there. So problem-solving skills, you know, simple leadership pieces, you know, like uh, the, the the conducting a meeting, keeping yeah. someone accountable on that side. And then outside of that, the one piece that I would probably say on the door-to-door side, going back to that role quickly, that transition before um, the video production agency was, again, just another level of confidence. Yeah. And it's just not really caring what people think. Again, another one of those, it's not a specific skill per se, yeah. but just you need it. Because yes. if you're constantly worried about what other people are going to think about you, you're going to be limited by what other people think about you. 
exactly. or what you think other people think about you. <laughs> exactly. Not right? even sure. Yeah. hundred percent. And so going door to door with student works and then going and having that role, yeah. like just fully stepping back from what people are wanting you to be or do and, and asking, what do you want? What do you, what do you, what do you, what is going to fulfill you? And that's what's allowed me that I think in a way transition from role to role to role quickly to then figuring out what I did want. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We can keep going, but, but yeah, no, I, I think that's, no, I think that's great. Some of the things that really jump learning to sell high ticket margin things that the, yeah. you know, so then I get, I don't get stuck on numbers. It's just, Hey, this is a value opportunity. And then, 100%. and then I, you know, again, I, you know, I just relax into that, you know, and then, and then I loved your, you basically developed at least two relationships that you found through kind of relationship building that you went and spent a bunch of time with them. Like that's a really great, that's a really great thing. And then, and then I loved acting like you're an entrepreneur and running the business, although you're not like that really Mm -hmm. is a great space because it really is the, it's like act like the VP before you're the VP. But, but for you, it was like, hold on, act like the entrepreneur because that's obviously what you, you became. And how did you know entrepreneurship was the, the thing for you, Cam? What were the signs? I mean, first of all, that's a that's such a good point. Like I almost overlooked that in and of itself. And like, you know, I will say that's probably been one of the things that has allowed me to grow so quickly is right. never leaving that ownership mentality. Right. And J- Jocko Will- Willings has that or Wilkins has that phenomenal book, Extreme Ownership. Yeah. I highly recommend reading that. And it's just like you got to take ownership over everything because it keeps the power on your side that you can just yes. boom, 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 keep moving. Right. Yeah. So I, I love that. It's a, it's a phenomenal point. And, and um, I wouldn't overlook that at all in terms of the, sorry, what was the question specifically? So, yeah. So how did you know becoming a, becoming oh, an entrepreneur yes. was for you, running a business yes. was for you? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think that comes back to my breeding grounds and how everything got started. There's a phenomenal book called The Values Factor by Dr. John Martini, yes. And he talks about the biggest perceived voids in your previous chapter turn out to be your biggest perceived values in the next chapter. And so if we looked at my childhood, what I was perceiving as the biggest void was independence. Okay. And inside of that comes with, you know, what entrepreneurship really is. It's like you own yourself and you get yeah. a go and, and you don't, no one's telling you what to do. Yeah. And so in doing that, I really kept seeing people just being able to do what they want. I'm like, ah, like I, I want to be able to, if, if I see something with a business, I want to be able to do it. You know, mm-hmm. if I see an issue or an opportunity to, to optimize or grow, like I want to be able to do it. Cause I remember I was like 14 or 15 working at bulk barn at the time. And I was like, looking at the manager that was running this bulk barn. I'm like, I can do better than this individual. You know, <laughs> and you whether that was could. just, yeah, way <laughs> over the, the time or <laughs> whatnot, but and I was just like, but I can't. And it really frustrated me that I right. saw all these opportunities in this business at the time and I couldn't do anything about it. And yeah. so all these opportunities came up that built that void for me. And then yeah. the thing that really broke the camel's back was uh, my parents split. And I, I literally, if anyone's listened to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, lived the story of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I had my dad who, you know, security focus, go get yeah. a job, stay focused or, or stay safe. And then I had my stepdad that came into my life around the same time that owned a business and was buying assets. And, you know, I didn't know you could do that at the time. So I just had this feeling inside of me. But then I I stepped into a shop when my mom, you know, first started to date him. And 
my mom goes, Cam, like, this is Jim's. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no, like Jim owns this. Right. I'm like, what do you mean Jim owns? Because I didn't think people could <laughs> yeah. own things at the time. I yeah. just knew I wanted to be independent. I didn't want people to tell yeah. me what to do. And then when I figured out what business was and entrepreneurship was and went to the extent that you could own businesses and da 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 and do your own thing, I was like, oh, this is this is for me. Like right. this thing that was bottled up inside of me. So to answer that, like there wasn't really a necessarily reason why, but rather just like this innate kind of drive inside me. And I, I do think there is some truth to that, that, you know, entrepreneurs are, are, are born uh, yeah. to a degree, but I yeah. don't think, you know, everyone takes on that calling. Right. Yeah. And, and for me, I just have, it's stuck with me. And I, until I've now solved that or scratched that itch, it, it's continued to push me to find something like above men to, yeah. to go and take that calling on. Absolutely. I love that. Great story. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. Let's talk about what is above men. Totally, totally. So the simplest way putting it and where it's form and where where it is in its early forms is helping entrepreneurial men master their energy. And then okay. the question is, well, what is energy? Because everyone has different ideas of what energy is. Uh, is it you know solar panels, or am I helping men you know uh, go and build solar panels, or am I helping them you know uh, align their chakras? It's 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 none of those. It's how we show up. In, in this case, how I show up in front of you, Chris, having right. this conversation with that, that energy, right? Being able yeah. to focus and, and have that, uh, those, that mindset to be able to uh, bring the words up. Yeah. And then it's also my environment. And so I bro- boil it down to four main pillars. Okay. Your physiology, right? Yeah. Your body, yeah. your psychology, yeah. your mind, your clarity. So your goals that you have on your life, the direction you're going, but then also who you need to become to go and step into those goals and achieve those goals. Right. And then your environment. So this is your surroundings, your physical surroundings. But then it's also the people you surround yourself with that yeah. affects your energy levels. For sure. And then it's also the information, the external information that you're bringing in. So are you consuming all your information off of CNN, yeah. you know, NBC, or <laughs> yeah. are you getting it from mentors that are doing exactly what you want to do? Are right. you consuming social media for four hours a day in between yeah. your work? So those make up your energy in, in my eyes and, and what above men does. And so what I do is I look at all of those variables and okay. everything that affects each of those variables and help men not only understand them, but then know what influences them and actually put it in place so they can master those variables to have high energy levels, not only today, but consistently uh, for their business and their, their life. Fantastic. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's excellent. So, so um, why do you focus on men specifically, Cam? That's a great question. First off, uh, you know, 
I don't have the experience to, to kind of deal with women. And, you know, it'd be because I went on my own health journey, right? Like uh, we've been talking about entrepreneurship this whole time, but in that whole journey of finding my way career wise, I was going on my, my health journey. And so I did that going from 150 pounds, shy, skinny, constantly getting sick to 200 pounds, confident and, you know, very lean. And, uh, and in doing so, I, I, I learned a ton. And so first right. off, I'm like, that's the body that I know how to manipulate per se. Right. I don't, right. I don't know about women and right. what goes on there. There's a, there's a couple of different things. And it's like, not only being able to coach a woman, but, uh, there's obviously different bodies. Right. So that's the first piece that I, when I first got into this and I just, I just don't feel right coaching women because I don't have the same experience as someone does as a woman. And then the biggest thing though, that really solidified, solidified me to make the name about men and make all my branding about men and really doubling down on men was these two stats I came across, which are just absolutely mind blowing and, and is made it a duty for me now. First is that men since 1972's men's testosterone levels have dropped by about 50%. Okay. Wow. So the, the 22 year old today has the same testosterone levels as a 70 year old man in 2000 and in, in the 1900s, wow. or the 1990s. Yeah. And the second one is that men in North America, overseas, it's worse, but in North America, kill themselves four times more yeah. Yeah. than women. Yeah. Last year, men killed all of all suicides. Men were 80% of all those suicides. Yeah. So that just hit me because what it feels like is men are under attack of some kind or on the flip side, men have lost a blueprint on how to be a man. Right. Yeah. And when I, when I, when I felt that, like I said, it, it almost became a duty. I'm like, I feel knowing that if, because here's the thing, my, my stage one, which is above men one helps men just get into a good place energetically because if right. you're eating the right foods if you're sleeping yeah. well right if you're focusing on the right things if you're not you know filling your brain with with junk if you're surrounding yourself with the right people if you have goals of just any kind doesn't yeah. matter as long as you have goals you're at least in a good position to start operating at a good level right? yeah. at this baseline so i understood that i had those skill sets i i yeah. knew how to eat well i knew how to put myself in a good physique you know mm -hmm. i worked on my mindset i practiced meditation i you know knew how to manage my emotions I had goals. I went and got those goals. You know, I yeah. surrounded myself and built a network that pushed me up. And so I was like, you know, I could just, when I, when I started to think about going into the health and fitness space, I could just go and help guys put on weight because that was my yeah. journey, 150 pounds, 200 pounds. That's not impactful enough for what I know and what's out there. Yeah. And so when I knew that, when I heard <laughs> those stats, I'm like, it's just a no brainer for me. I need to go help men be men again. Yeah. And above men one and helping them master their energy is the first step of that. Yeah, I agree. You know, first of all, there are a lot of men obviously succeeding really well, uh, you know, and uh, there's, there's, there's just a real need. And I think you point to some really significant facts that, that men have lost their way, you know, uh, the numbers used to be 60%, 40% for women graduating, men graduating from university, and that's flipped. And, yeah. you know, there'd be another thing to point to. And again, nothing wrong. It's just mm -hmm. how, you know, what, what are the opportunities again, to support, support mm -hmm. men powerfully in your program. So I, so I totally, 100%. I totally see that. And so where are you with your, uh, your program today? Yeah. So 
I'll just run through the kind of top line numbers. I got 24 powerful men inside the program, most awesome. of which have come from student, student works, works, which yeah. uh, is such a such a cool full circle moment, of course, of like going, building the network and knowing like, wow, these are such powerful people. I'd love to be able to engage with them further yeah. and now having the opportunity to. And so it's been phenomenal to work with guys like Devin and Luke that are inside the program, Ammer. Yeah. And yeah. it's it, it's been awesome to have them go and reach out to other student works alumni and be like, Hey, you know, this thing's really helped me in my business and, and yeah. be able to show up for my career and come on in. And so that's been cool to watch that grow. So 24 men inside the program, um, you know, we're, we're for the first year of operating, we're projected to do just North of probably about 200,000, maybe 250,000 in revenue, which is phenomenal. Fantastic. Um, and then in terms of the program itself, like, I don't know how much detail you wanted me to go in or where you want me to start, but I'm happy to go in any place with. Yeah, I love, I love, I love. You know, first of all, I'm interested, and I know some yeah. of the things, but, but yeah, and I, I think as well. I, I know a bunch of our leaders are. Maybe they're not at the point where where they can make the investment yet. But yeah, like, I, why don't why don't you share sort of what it is? Because I, I again, you know, certainly those four things that you mentioned, Cam, are, are mm-hmm. four things that have really worked in my life. And I have yeah. those four <laughs> things, you know, just, just again, just, you know, like, again, great energy goals, mind, mind mindfulness, mm-hmm. you know, great environments, like those things just so, mm-hmm. so matter. And it's things that, uh, that obviously we coach at student works, but yeah. I know on the other hand, there's, it's a lot more granular in terms of, of what you're doing and you've wow. got, uh, group sessions as well. So yes. why don't you explain, explain sort of conceptually sure. how the program works? Yeah, totally, totally. So right now, um, for across the board, it's six months. So I take right. them through a six-month journey as, again, I don't see that you can look at all of those areas and really understand them at a deep enough level in 30 days or even 90 sure. days that a lot of those coaching programs are. So six months, you're with me. Right now, up until now, I've been doing all one-on-one coaching. And so I've now hit my capacity with having as many men inside the program while still, again, as entrepreneurs, we, we can't just work in our business. So I've set a limit. I'm like, okay, as soon as it hits, you know, 20 guys, it needs to be paused on the one-on-one so I can still work on the business and not just in the business and, yes. and go into that wheel. So um, it's now switched to group coaching where mm-hmm. once a week, there's a group call, everyone hops on. Uh, based off where they're at inside the program. And so I have a bunch of modules along with worksheets, uh, cheat sheets, and really powerful questions to to have them thinking about their own life and all of those areas. And so they go through that. The sections are, I get them to first understand why we want to make that shift back to what I call an energy first lifestyle, right? We've lost the need, the requirement to live an energy first lifestyle. If we go back hunter gatherers, they needed to have their energy at masterful levels every single day or what happened? They were getting they were killed starve. or they're getting yeah. sick yeah. or they're going to starve. Right. And so we've now relied on everyone else, which has been great. We've made phenomenal progress over those 300,000 years. Yeah. Um, but it's now optional to be quote unquote healthy or to yes. have our energy, yeah. right? We can hop on Uber eats and have someone go and prepare the meal, show it up on our doorstep and we can just keep sitting in our chair, plugging away on our computer. And so I need to kind of sell you back on enrolling you on uh, getting into that energy first lifestyle. So I really go into the theory, the concept of that, because it's so important. And funny enough, all the guys that come into the program, that's some of the most impactful stuff for them to see. Because as entrepreneurs, here's what happens. We've lose sight of why our energy levels are so good, are so powerful. And I, 
actually broke this down in a good way is like we go through high school right now in our generation we're in this place where all like pretty much our entire society is feeding us an, a non-energy lifestyle in the sense of eating poor food you know if we go to high school what are we going for lunch we're going to the pizza the local pizza yeah. spot subway mcdonald's, McDonald's right? get some chips yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we lose sight of eating good in high school we lose sight for the most part moving the body and then our energy baseline kind of drops okay so if we're at 100 it drops maybe down to like 70 yeah but at the time in high school no one valued their time and energy like we do when we become entrepreneurs right so from high school to the point where you become an entrepreneur our baseline is now reset right, right. and so now we're in this world of entrepreneurship where our energy levels matter but now we've accepted that what was once 100 is now 70. We've accepted that as our 100 now. Mm -hmm. And so I need to get people to understand that, no, 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 like you actually have more energy in the tank to show up for your business. And here's yeah. why. And yeah. here's how you can actually make that shift. So I got to get them to understand that, which is the biggest first section that we kind of go through. Um, then from there, I get everyone to go through what I call a physiology detox system. So again, we're being bombarded by toxins in the food we drink, the water we breathe, or the water we drink, the food we eat, yeah. right? and uh, the air we breathe and the, the, the pharmaceuticals we're taking. And that has literally slowed our systems down. And mm -hmm. so I got to not only reset their nutrition with getting on a specific diet, but go through some detoxing because it's super important to do that to actually flush the system, right? Especially the earlier we can catch it, the better. Because yeah. you only need to do that once and then get into a good nutritional framework yeah. that allows us to stay at high level. So go through that, get them on a really good nutritional framework, um, which another piece, nutrition is the, easily the number one lever of our energy. Again, if we're eating poorly versus if we're eating good, night and day difference, yeah. right? Um, so get them to go through that. Then I get into sleep, get them to really cover the depths of sleep because those are simple fixes. It's a couple habits Definitely. Yeah. changing your, your environment where you're sleeping, yeah. right? Um, so super important. And then we talk about goals. Yeah. I don't care what your goals are. I just care that you have goals yeah. and that you have them committed. You know, no, this isn't uh, a video, but I have a goal book that I always have set beside me at all times. And those, all my goals in there, who I need to become, that's yeah. beside me at all, all times. Why? Yeah. Because the, the closer I can be towards my goals and the clearer I can be at any moment, the less likely that I'll veer off track from that goal. Because yeah. we're, we're being bombarded in today's world from a bunch of noise, really, it's, it's all noise. And there's only one goal that we're going after at any given time. So we should know exactly what that is. And, and anything else is a distraction, quote unquote. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and sorry, as well with go goals, uh, you know, when we have those goals, just prominently in our mind, it's like our, our subconscious is helping us find answers to it. And Oh, here, here, Chris, here, Chris, here, look at this, look oh, at this. 100%. And it's again, you know, the most successful people in our communities are fixated, are, mm -hmm. are overwhelmed, excited by their goals and are charging mm -hmm. towards them. So, so again, having them prominently is, is critical. hundred percent. And that's such a good point. And I would actually refer back to psycho cybernetics. That's yes. a great book by Maxwell yeah. Maltz on, on yeah. more on that. So I, I just having your goals clear and I, I take everyone through a process that they get to build this book, which yeah. is you know called the flourishing self book that really, if you have this, there should be no way that you fall off of your goals or an equivalent right. of that. Yeah. Right. And so once we go through that, the other huge piece, especially for entrepreneurs right now, is what I call daily protocol design. Mm -hmm. So we take all of these pieces together, right? And we put it into a sequence of actions that it's like, 
what is going to serve you most consistently to allow you to get the most out of your day? Right. So what actions do you want to be taking in the morning, throughout the day, and then at night that not only can you have consistent energies day in and day out, month over month, but you're going to be able to actually go and do the work that actually matters. And so pulling back the calendar, like we all ran by our calendar and sometimes we let a lot of weeds grow on the calendar. Yeah. And so we got to clear those out. We got to really create a calendar that in a day that is powerful. Right. Yeah. And so for me, for example, and I think a lot of guys are like this, getting the most important work done first thing in the morning before you even interact with the outside world. Again, uh, deep work by Cal Newport. I've really embodied yeah. that. Doing two, at least two to four hours of deep work before you even touch your phone, touch your email, touch your text is game changer. Yeah. Game changer. And no one is doing that in today's world. We're all doing what Cal talks about shallow work and hanging out in Shallowville for right. 90% of the time. And then for 10% of the time, they're like, oh, okay, I'll head into deep work. It's like, no, no, no. Stay in deep work and head into Shallowville for 10% of the time, right? right. Especially if we're building our business, not working in Absolutely. our business. Absolutely. Yes. And so that's a huge, huge component that I that I take everyone through. Um, and then from there, I just kind of get everyone to understand the fundamentals. So we've, I've through the program up until now, I've gone through eating a bit. I've gone through sleeping. I've gone through goal setting. But there's other pieces. There's moving the body. You know, it's it's not enough for us to go into some place with four walls and some weights in it to go and move the body because yeah. we have 23 other hours of that, some of which we're sleeping. Sure. But the body that we were built in was designed to move for an average of eight hours a day. Right. Hunter gatherers that our body was designed from eight hours a day on average, we're moving. What, what do you think, Chris? Maybe like 30 minutes, an hour. If you're not depends who, down. but for sure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. ludicrous. And so, yeah. especially as entrepreneurs that are predominantly driving around in their truck on job sites or yeah. sitting at their computer, computer, making phone calls yeah, on zoom 100%, meetings. hundred yeah. percent. Like, you know, uh, last week I logged an average of 10 hours of work, all of which is on my computer. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I need to find what I call opportunities to move yeah. throughout the day. That isn't, you know, going into a gym, but rather right here in my house. And so yeah. I have right now Stand I'm up standing desk. talking yeah. to you. Yeah. Right. I have, uh, you know, a dip set with some pull-up bars out there. I have some resistance bands. Rick, I can just do some air squats right now while I'm talking to you, and it probably wouldn't right. be an issue. But you need to move the body, and so we go through the fundamentals. It's eating, moving, sleeping, breathing. Okay, mm-hmm. breathing properly is really important. Again, we've locked everyone's a mouth breather now, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're working out, we're mouth breathing. So breathing is really important. I got to teach you the fundamentals of that. Focusing, mindfulness. Again, as an entrepreneur, too many, and, and again. A lot of guys, they go to sleep with their problems. Yeah. You know, that shouldn't be the case. You be, should be going to sleep with your partner. And yeah. with that comes a lot of shallow sleeping, right? We're not getting the deeper sort of sleep. And our stress levels are just constantly going up and up. Because we're on this, what I call like always on mode. We never yeah. fully shut off because it's lingering. All these open loops from our business and the conversations are just hanging around, right? And so we got to learn how to be mindful of our stress, our emotions. And how to detach from those and shut off at the end of the day. Because I'll tell you, one of the clearest things that is an indicator of burnout from any of the entrepreneurs that I've talked about is they can't manage their stress and emotions properly. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Right. They can, they can buzz along with low energy, but they can still be making progress. Sure. Right. Is it effective? No. But yeah. if they can't manage their stress and emotion, they're going to go off it. Like they're jumping off the deep end. And uh, I've had many guys come to me. He's like, man, like, I just can't shut my brain off. Yeah. I'm sure you've dealt with many guys like that. A lot that of coaching calls over the yourself, years. Yes. Yeah. Right. 
And so dealing with that is a very important fundamental. I call it a fundamental, which is focus. How can we put the mindfulness practices in place, which the big three are journaling, meditation, and breathing, okay, to lower our stress and become more resilient to stress and then being able to shut off our mind at the end of the day. So we got to do that, right? We got to recover properly. I call that prospering, especially for high, high level guys. It's easier to get into the gym and go push ourselves and do the 12 hour work days. It's actually harder to pull back. What I call recovery is discipline. Yes. You know? And, and for, for entrepreneurs, recovery is discipline. It's not getting in the gym. It's not doing the 12-hour days. That's not the cool thing. It's The cool thing is going to sleep for eight hours, yeah. taking the Sunday off, shutting yeah. the brain down. Yeah. So you got to prosper. You got to recover. You got to let your body and mind uh, rebuild so you can keep at it. Um, and then we have celebrate. You know, another one, way too many entrepreneurs do not do this. And again, for men, and uh, and high, high achievers that can be good where you use anger and anxiety to fuel action, but yeah. there's a line there, right? And if we're not celebrating ourselves and, and showing ourselves, you know, some love and reflecting on past wins, it, it can be really detrimental. And so one of the fundamentals I talk about is celebrating, celebrating yourself, yeah. celebrating the small wins, celebrating your team, celebrating what you're going after. Uh, and it's just not something that entrepreneurs do enough of the time. Uh, and so we got to do that. And then, and then the last couple ones is, is connecting, right? I talked about that with the environment piece. How do you show up in relation to your phone? Everyone listening to this call right now has some sort of relationship with a phone. Absolutely. Is it good or is it bad? Yeah, <laughs> right? for sure. For most individuals, especially that use their phone, it's not a great relationship. Yeah. And so we need to understand that that connection between our phone and us is playing a role in our energy and our focus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... We need to reevaluate what that connection is and put the tools or the buffers in place to make sure that stays a healthy relationship because it's a tool. Okay. Yeah. And we need to leverage it as so. Uh, and then the other piece is where you're getting your information from. Who are the people around you? Like how are you showing up in front of them? You know, one of the things I see with a lot of entrepreneurs is they go and connect with someone. They go to a restaurant, let's say, and both of them are on their phone the whole time. Yeah. It's like, well, how are you having a connection with the individual in front of you if your phone is in your hand or even on the table? There's actually studies that if you can see or feel your phone, your connection, your ability to stay present with the person in front of you actually diminishes by about 40%. I've, I've heard that the same. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. so anyways, you know, I could go on and on about, about all these pillars, but I've covered the majority of what we cover inside above men. You know, the only other piece I would actually talk on that I'm, I'm, I've recently added in is a task management system. Okay. This is something that I've, again, for all entrepreneurs out here, ask yourself, where do you keep your notes? your yeah. to-dos, your projects, where you need to, who you need to stay accountable to when. Yeah. It's all over the place. It cuts some of it's some sticky notes on the wall, some of it's yeah. in the phone, the notes app, some of it's on our computer, some of it's, you know, piled into our calendar. And because we are so in, integrated into the internet and into a computer in the online world, we need to have a central source for all of that in one place and yeah. some sort of system that governors that governs how that system operates because it is yeah. a system in and of itself how tasks come in how they're completed how they prioritize and so i call that the above os the operating system that brings all that plugs it in how you operate with your tasks your projects your to-dos your documents yeah. your learnings all of that because again ask any entrepreneur they're like oh man i everything's all over the place i'm not yeah. organized what does yeah. that do that diminishes our energy because it splits yeah. our focus stress yeah there mm-hmm. you go yeah. So um, lots going on there. We can take that in any direction, but that's a 
that's a broad stroke <laughs> of, uh, of what we cover inside of Bub Man, which I, well, I get is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple of things that jump for me, Cam, as, as you're talking about it is, is, um, you know, there is something to one-on-one coaching and, and really I know some of the world's best coaching is actually in group coaching. The strategic mm. coach program is I think the best entrepreneurial coaching program in the world. And mm. they, they started out as a one-on-one coaching program. Then Dan morphed it into a, a group thing because mm. there's just something to you learning from other people. You know, you mm. seem like ultimately you're at the front of the room Cam's got it. He's ripped, by the way. Um, <laughs> for our <laughs> listeners, he's got it. He's got it all together. Oh, I could never be like Cam, right? Yeah. Rather than then they're just seeing everybody around the room. They're all working together. They're starting to use the same systems. They're working and they're supporting each other. So yeah. not to say that the leader isn't supporting, but there's this camaraderie. Yeah. It's it's actually what works at Student Works. It's one of the yeah. biggest reasons why we're so yeah. successful. There's this camaraderie that really really matters. So so I really love that that's part of your program. I know I know another big thing that you focus on is is habits and sort of seeing these habits and and yeah. you know ultimately you know I think some decisions I made when I came out of university I was an elite athlete and people told me oh you know, once you stop swimming, you're going to gain weight, you're going to lose your energy. And I was like, (laughs) no, never. Like, and I think about like, I, so I didn't have that hundred percent and fall off. Right. You just, Mm -hmm. cause it just makes such a difference. Most people don't see the most important thing that really there is, is your body. And, and, and I, I always like to think of myself as, and not, not necessarily anymore, but as an elite athlete, mm-hmm. how would I treat myself as an, mm-hmm. I was an elite athlete. I got, and frankly, it's way easier to be an entrepreneur than it actually is to be an elite athlete. <laughs> yeah. I gotta tell you, it was way, way yeah. the F harder doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but it's like, okay, Hey, I, like you said, got to sleep, right. Got to fit my workouts in, mm-hmm. got to eat right. All these different things, mindfulness, yoga, you know, just, just makes such a difference. But what sort of, 100%. what sort of things you're doing around habits in your program? Habits. So the first thing is, and this is, this goes for the same concept of learning. You know, when I first started to like take learning seriously, because yeah. learning is more than just reading a book or listening to a podcast. It's how do you actually bring the information in, digest and whatever. So the first step I did with that, and I'm going to get to that with habits, is learning how to learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if I'm going to learn for the rest of my life, I might as well get really good at learning. <laughs> yes. So same thing with habits is like if I'm going to continuously be interacting with habits, which everyone on this podcast listening, you are built by your habits, right? Yes. So the things you do daily dictate the thing, uh, what you're going to achieve in your life. There's a great quote that's slipping me from John Maxwell uh, that says, "If you if you want to change your life, change something you do daily." I think that yes. was it. Yeah. And we got to teach. I, I got to teach and you got to learn how to build habits. Habits aren't just created out of thin air. They're, they're, they're built. There's a design to them. And so within that, there's a, multiple sources, but the big one that keeps coming back that seems to really have nailed it is a guy named BJ Fogg uh, over at the Behavioral Design Lab at Stanford, I think it is. And he's got the book Tiny Habits. And he was one of the lead guys that built Facebook and the like button. So, I mean, look at that habit, right? Yeah. And so he came up with this thing called the ABCs of habit design. And right. he says, you know, if you can't make a habit stick, don't take it as a character flaw, but rather a design flaw of yeah. the habit. Yeah. Okay. So the ABCs of, of habit design, you got to learn them because again, if anytime we want to delete or install a habit, first of all, we want to start seeing it as almost like we are like, uh, programmers, if we were coders, we're, we're almost like programmers of our brain, right? 
Uh, my mentor calls it instead of AI, artificial intelligence, ancient intelligence, right? Because right? I think it's the, the amygdala that runs the whole show when it comes to habits. Like we can program that thing. So let's put right. our programming caps on and get to work on designing habits that actually fuel us and allow us to go towards our goals. So ABCs of habit design is anchor, behavior, and then celebrate. Okay, this is going right. back to the fundamental. BJ Fogg actually says celebrating could be his most important work that he works on because he sees yeah. how important celebrating is when it comes to installing habits. Okay, yeah. so anchor. What are you doing currently that you can anchor in, in a new habit on? So right on top. He of talks it. about yes. yeah. That's another. A lot of people have talked about habit stacking. Yes, right? but an example he gives is anytime he were to go to pee, which sounds weird, but anytime yeah. he went pee, he would do two push-ups, right? And so throughout the day, you're doing a good amount of push-ups. And this comes back to the concept of B equals map. Okay. So behavior equals motivation, action, and prompt. Right. So what he was doing there, why it was two push-ups was when you first build a habit, you don't really want to make it too difficult. Right. So two push-ups, like any anyone listening, like, I Whatever, do two push. I can do push. Yeah, exactly. And then over time, as you start to build that habit, okay, because the habit versus the thing you're doing is two different things. How many push-ups you're doing versus doing a push-up, the act of doing a push-up, are separate. Yeah. BJ Fogg understood that, and so yeah. it's like if we just do two push-ups, tiny habits, aka his book, right? Uh, then we can build the habit of doing push-ups, and so right. then from there. Once it's there, then we can go from two push-ups to four to eight to whatever. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so we need to make sure that the when the prompt occurs, the anchor occurs, right? And you know, I go to the washroom. Yeah, I'm actually going to do the push-ups because B equals nap. So the motivation's there because it's not that mo- you don't need a ton of motivation to do two push-ups. Yeah, the action is low enough. The action threshold's low enough that I'm that I have the energy to do so, and the prompt is is there, right? I go to the washroom. Yeah. So then that is how you go into the behavior part of it. So we have our anchor, we went through a behavior. And then once you do it, you know, this, this part really sums up how funny this example is. Once you do your two push-ups after you just went pee, you celebrate. Yes. yes. You know, yes. that's like me for doing <laughs> yeah. two push-ups, right? Uh, but it could be with anything. So yes. instead of maybe, you know, doing two two push-ups after you go to the washroom, it's uh no, not not going on your phone for the first hour of the day. So yeah. you hide your phone. So this is now yeah. flip of ABC. So instead yeah. of an anchor that's visible, we're yeah. on an anchor that's invisible, right? Yeah. So when we wake up, what's the first thing we normally do? Our phone goes off, which is our alarm. We grab it. Oh, we got bombarded by messages or whatever. And we're you know, inclined to go on it. Well, what if we hide our phone and then we don't go on our phone for the first hour? We actually give ourselves that internal deep work we can do. Yeah. Well, then afterwards, coming back to celebrating, Boom. That's like me. I can celebrate that. And what's that doing is it's giving you when you do something new and you actually affirm to yourself that you're doing it and you say, I want to continue to do that. So I'm going to celebrate by doing it. You give a little bit of dopamine out, a little bit of dopamine's release. And that is the desire and reward system at play that then reaffirms your brain like, hey, we want more of this. And so ABC's anchor behavior, which is B equals MAP, MAP motivation, yeah. actions, prompt, and then celebrate whatever you're doing. That's like me. Or on the flip side, this is important. We're not all perfect. You, yeah. you and me aren't perfect and no, no. no one's going to be perfect, right? So what we want to do is when we inevitably fall short of trying to put an action in place, instead of shaming or guilting ourselves, which does nothing for the habit. Okay. Because yeah. what I see a lot of guys do is they, they shame, guilt themselves. Then they go deeper down the rabbit hole of what they of didn't want to do. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm here. I might as well continue down the rabbit hole. No, no, no. Instead of celebrating, saying that's like me, flip it and say needs work. It is yeah. pulled from Lanny Basham um, with winning in mind, which is three-time Olympic gold medalist, uh, ski shooter, not ski shooter. Um, I forget the... the Pentathlete? The, uh, yes, yes. Yes. And so he's one of the hardest things. You, you, you have to shoot a perfect shot every single time. And he said, anytime I mess the shot, I don't shame or guilt myself. I say needs work. And I right. think back to the moment that I went off track and I rerun it by what I would have had to do to stay on track. What awesome. was the action looking like to go on track? So that's a little bit of a habit design and what we go into uh, inside of Above Men. But it, again, it's not a character flaw or it's not about no. who you are, what kind of habits you have. It's about how you design the habits in your life to install or delete them. Yeah, well, I love that, Cam. And one of the things I see, because, uh, you know, we just deal with top performers here. It's specifically the, the the program we run. And so one thing that I find quite often is people won't allow themselves to acknowledge their success. So that's something that I try to get a daily habit of. Let's mm-hmm. acknowledge what we did well. You know, here's all the different things we did well. And because and I think people don't want to because then they think they'll get they'll get uh, lazy or, or yeah. oh, gee, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so successful now or, or, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> it will just build your confidence. And then you'll want to say, you know, tomorrow I did even more cool things. 100%. So so I just I just think it's just so valuable that that strategy. It's celebrating, and like like I said, it's one of the fundamentals in my case. Like I believe it's a fundamental. It you have to celebrate yourself, especially as a top performer. Because to your point, we're way too hard on ourselves. Yes, and which which is good to a degree, but again, there's a line that is law of diminishing returns. Yes. You know, it doesn't yeah. get, we don't, we don't get more the harder we get on ourselves. And so, yeah, it's like a high standard, you know, yes, you know, Cam and I have high yeah. standards, but, mm-hmm. but we don't, when we don't hit our standard, we, again, it won't help us to be, uh, to be hard on ourselves. So, but, but Cam, you just have so much to share. This has been fantastic. And, and who knows, maybe I'll have you on again, because you've just got so I much great it. stuff to Love share. Um, so, but why don't I share just the last question? You know, if if uh, uh, for a leader of tomorrow, what 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 you know, if if someone is asking what, what about a leader of tomorrow, what do you think that you, that brings up for you? Like who they are? Yeah, who they are. It's a good question. I think it's someone who's genuine, like has that regenerative mindset, in the sense of they are looking to solve the problems that are coming up for the betterment of the next generation. What what are they doing? Like what needs to get done and, and what skill sets and passions and interests and how can I show up and how can I go and solve those? You know, like having that generative mindset of like, Hey, you know what? It's, it's not just about me. It's not, you know, once I'm gone, I'm gone. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But like, how can I again, go and solve problems that are actually going to help the next generation and make the, make the next generation a better place. I think that's it. You know, the, the tomorrow piece just really, really sparks that for me. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And, you know, and again, you know, one, one thing that's, that's really great. A lot of times entrepreneurs, uh, you know, what, what keeps you motivated? Well, you'll never get, you'll never get demotivated about just getting better. Like you never get demotivated about helping people, right? Like, it's like, oh, wow. Like, again, it's like, it's like just going and making a difference for someone. That just mm-hmm. feels good. So, 100%. you know, but but you can get demotivated, by the way, to go make more money or to go buy a nicer car. Like oh. those are things that don't, don't you know, uh, really, really, uh, they think they'll excite people, but trust mm-hmm. me, they don't. 
those other things make a difference. Yeah, they're, they're huge. They're huge. And I'll, I'll leave everyone with this of, you know, at, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, yeah. we've all heard that in high school yeah. and school and whatnot. The one thing, again, maybe I wasn't paying attention in school, which could have been the case. <laughs> but the one thing I don't recall about this was the flip between growth needs and deficiency needs. So up until the last point, right, we had our physiology, we had our safety, we had yeah. a sense of belonging, we had, you know, self-esteem and respect. Those are all deficiency needs. And what that means is the more we get them, the less motivated we will to get more of it. Yes. Money falls into that, right? Yeah. Respect falls into that. Uh, food falls into that. But then on the top level, there's something which is a self-actualization or yeah. as Maslow put it, self-actualizer. Yeah. And when you do that, you flip from deficiency need to growth need that the more you do it, the more motivated you are to continue to do it. And yeah. in that place, you transcend yourself and go outside of yourself into impacting the world, which comes back to leaders of tomorrow is stepping into becoming a self-actualizer. And what does it mean to self-actualize is realize your full potential. Yeah. What one can be, one must be, as Abraham Maslow put it. And yeah. uh, depends on what you're solving. You know, it could be a really big change. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Cam, I can tell you're really up to stuff. Super excited about uh, you coming on the, the show today and we'll definitely awesome. have you back. Love it, Chris. Thanks for having me. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.